I just want to start off by warning you, this is not going to be a normal sermon. I know. I was talking to Phil. I said that last week, and his mom said, I don't think he ever gives a normal sermon. This definitely will not be a normal sermon, so get ready. This will be rather difficult, rather different. Did you know, I just recently learned this. Did you know when you have children, they grow up? Did you know that? It's really, it's incredible how, how fast it happens and how it's shocking in some ways. And as my children grow up, I've always wanted to make sure I've done the right thing as a father to prepare them to be successful, to have a good life. And I think the question has always been in the back of my mind, what is the secret to success for people? How do you raise people to be successful or um, capable leaders, uh, people that make a difference? And I was... I was brought back to a book I read about eight years ago. It's called Integrity by Henry Cloud. If you want a great book, this is a great book. He was asked the same thing. He he had a friend who said, "Um, Henry, I've got two sons. They're both 20 years old. Could you sit with them and give them some things to think about, specifically when it comes to being a successful person? Just tell them something because you always have something good to say. So, He went out to lunch with them, and he sat down with them, and here's what he said. He said, okay, people who become leaders or are really successful, I think they have three qualities. So there's three qualities that you need to have if you want to be successful. Number one, you need to have a set of competencies. In other words, you need to know your field, your industry, your discipline. You need to be good at what you do. Number two... You need to be an alliance builder. That means you need to be able to build networks, teams, build friendships with people who help increase your work, and together you do more than just one person or two alone. So he said, so the first two are alliance building and competency. And he said, now having said that, let's go to the real issue that I'd want to talk the most about. I would tell them, That the people who possess the first two abilities are a dime a dozen. There is no shortage of talented, brainy people who are very, very good at what they do. And are able to work the system and schmooze other people to get things done. There's zillions of them and we see them every day. But if you really want to make it, there's one more ingredient. The most important. You have to have character not to screw the other two up. You have to be a person of character. I think he's right along with what Proverbs is about. It's developing people of character. And so that's what we're going to talk about this this week. Our word is character. And if you could turn to Proverbs chapter 3, 1 through 4, we're going to look at it. And watch what it says. Verse 4 is the verse I want you, if you want to memorize one all week, it's verse 4. But Solomon is writing to his son, who's relatively young, and giving him advice on succeeding. Listen to what he says. Chapter 3, 1 through 4. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. So he's saying, let let your heart be 
yoked to love and faithfulness, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. Meaning, this needs to be who you are. Why? So that, verse 4, so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. So you want to be successful? Be a person that has good character. So success is about character. That's what we're going to talk about today. This is going to be a case study on character, and I want you to look at it in a very unique way today. This is where I'm going to say this is not going to be a normal sermon. I'm going to present it as if we are playing a game of life, and the objective is to be successful. And the choice is going to be, what character do you choose? There's going to be three types to choose from, and one of these will bring you success. So are there any gamers in the house? Raise your hand if you like games. There's a few. I think there's a lot. Any of you ever played Fortnite? Aha! Any of you ever play, like, role-playing games, like Skyrim? Or what's your favorite one? Globs or something? Globby. But role-playing games where you form a character, that's what's going to happen. And you must choose wisely of these three characters because how you choose is the most important aspect to determining if you're going to be a success. Here's the three characters. First, we're going to look at the wise person. A wise person is a person who is governed by wisdom. We talked about wisdom the first week. We said wisdom is God's insight on the world. It's seeing the world from God's perspective, making choices that God would want you to make. So a wise person is governed by wisdom. Other terms in the book of Proverbs that are used for the wise person is righteous. A righteous person wants to do what God requires. They want to do what is right. And they like to follow the straight path that God has laid down. That's a righteous person. Another word for wise is prudent. A prudent person is a person of good sense. They use common sense. They're bright. They're critical thinkers. They, they're alive. they have alive eyes. Have you ever been with somebody that is fully present? That's a, that's a prudent person. So those are the terms we're going to use for wise. If you look in Proverbs 4.18, and we're going to use this book a lot to play the game, so get ready to use this book. Once you go to Proverbs 4, verse 18, and it describes the character of this person in a general way. It says, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, who shines brighter and brighter until the fullness of day, which means these are people that get better as they grow, they grow and they get brighter. And so I have the detail of a bright, shiny night in shiny silver armor. You can pick that character. Or you can pick the fool. The fool is a person who's governed by folly. Folly is a, it's a word which means senselessness or stupid is as stupid does. That's what folly means. One writer said, a fool is a person who has flaws in their decision-making functions. They, something's off. They don't really make wise choices. Also, the simple person is used in the book of Proverbs for the fool. You can also find the senseless person. 
But the idea is there's a lacking of thoroughness of mind. I like to tell my boys, these kids are called, if, if, you, if you have friends like this, if you have male friends like this, we usually call, I call them rockheads. I had a lot of rockheads in my school. Hey, dude. Yeah? Dude. That's a rockhead. A female form of that is an airhead. Whatever. 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 It's an airhead. That's a fool. The fool in our presentation, I picture as a court jester, person always looking for laughs, not realizing he or she is often what you're laughing at or who you're laughing at. Look at Proverbs 26.4. It describes the fool. Proverbs 26.4. And we're going to go kind of quick. So if you're not good at the sword drill, maybe you just want to write the verse down for later. But 26.4. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. So a fool is so consumed with their folly, that's all they talk about. And if you're going to be their friends, sooner or later you will be too. They're just consumed by senseless things. The third character probably laughs like this. <laughs> that's how he sounds. He's the evil person. This third character... Uh, to call him evil, some people are like, that's a very judgmental title. That's very offensive to call someone evil. But he's talked about in the book of Proverbs more than the wise or the fool. He's a real person. Other terms in Proverbs for the evil person is wicked. Those who want it desire evil. You can look up Proverbs 21.10 that they scheme for it. And scoffers is another word that is used as the person who mocks others because they're evil. The scoffer is, you'll see, equated with the evil person in a lot of verses in Proverbs. The evil in our presentation, I picture as the dark wizard, crafty, sneaky. He's got ill intent. He or she, yes, evil does not discriminate. He or she is described perfectly in Proverbs 4.19. Look at Proverbs 4, 19. <laughs> Scary, isn't it? 4, 19. The way of the wicked, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. Deep darkness. And they do not know what they stumble over. Okay, so these are the three characters you can choose from. So throughout my presentation, I'm going to ask you to evaluate your life and your desires and ask this, which one is most like me and which one do I want to be? This is more of an evaluative tool. I'm not necessarily pointing the finger. I want you to say, hmm, which character is me right now? If I'm playing the game, because you are playing the game, you're in the game. If you're born, you're playing the game. And which one do I want to become or be like? And so to do this, we're going to evaluate as we would like. We're going to, we are going to give what I'd call power uh, values to different traits. We're going to evaluate three traits. The heart, which means the internal motivation. The heart represents what drives me. We're going to talk about the mind. The mind is how I process outside information. How do I process it and use it? So we're going to evaluate the heart, the mind, and then we're going to evaluate the words. Because our words are weapons. 
Our words is the sword we've been given and how we use it. Proverbs 18.21 says, There's power in the tongue. Some of it's good and some of it's evil. But I'm just saying, each of these characters use it in a different way. So as you do it, we're going to composite a score. I want you to evaluate. We're going to use this as our evaluative tool. And so my question is, are you ready, player one? See how I'm so up to date with the lingo. That was Steven Spielberg's last movie, Ready Player One. So, see that? It's supposed to be impressive that the pastor knows what's going on. You're like, man, he's more like the court jester right now than the white. Let's keep going. All right. So, let's begin by describing the traits of the wise man, the man in the silver armor. First of all, his heart, his internal motivation, he has. A desire to please God. His desires for God. Actually, the whole book of Proverbs is written to try to elicit wisdom or a hunger for wisdom in the, the son's heart. Look at Proverbs five, uh, chapter 3, 5 through 9. Solomon's writing to his son and he's saying, Son, Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. Acknowledge him and he will make your straight paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. So he's saying, do you want to be wise? It begins with a heart that really desires God. If you look at verse 34 in Proverbs 3, he talks about this person who desires God and defines him as a humble person. You can read all through Proverbs 3. He talks about desiring, going for wisdom, and saying, really, the humble person is the one who he favors because he's wise. There's, the wise person's heart is humble because he sees God in himself rightly. That's all humility is. Humility is recognizing there's somebody out there greater than me, better than me. I'm seeing correctly. Go to Proverbs 20:21. 20, this is fascinating. Because to me, this describes the heart of a humble person. It's describing the wise king and how the wise king operates. But I believe it's because that wise king's heart is, it's, it's humble. It sees correctly. 21.1. The king's heart is a stream of water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he wills. So in other words, the wise person, because he loves God and fears God, he's easy to bend. God, God has no problem redirecting him. He's flexible. Jesus calls this person the person that has good soil, soft soil, where the seed plants. And it, like, have you ever dropped a seed in good soil? It, it goes in a hard soil, it bounces. Boing, soft soil, it goes poof. It goes inside because it's soft. David calls this person contrite, where your heart is broken, but you're all right with that. You're bendable. You're easy to direct. And then the second thing about you is you're self-motivated. In Proverbs 4 verse 5, he's writing to his son, and he says it like this. This is really interesting. He says it as a command. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Don't forsake her. Go after her. So the idea is, I'm telling you, I'm going to leave. And after I leave, your job is to go get her. Go get wisdom. 
eat it up. So the heart is not only has a desire for God, but wants God and his will. When I was first a youth pastor, it was about in my second year in youth ministry. There were two people, two guys. They lived within a mile of each other. They were friends. They were both sophomores. And one came up to me and said, Pastor Chris, I really, would you meet with me? Because I, I would like to learn from you. I'd like to learn about God. He goes, the only problem, I don't have much time, but I could meet with you if, you if you don't mind. If you could go to your office at 6 o'clock Friday morning, I could meet with you. Could you do that? What would you like to do? He goes, well, you, you teach from the book of Romans a lot. I'd like to learn Romans. I don't understand it. So this, imagine a sophomore who says to you, could I come to your office at 6 in the morning to learn Romans? And he did it for two years every Friday. His friend heard about it and said, oh, Pastor Chris is, plays favorites. He told his mom. His mom started talking to some other ladies, and I heard them, and they said, you know, you play favorites with the students. I said, what do you mean? Well, I hear you only meet with a couple of them. And I said, that's not necessarily true. And then I said, where'd you hear this? So they told me, and I went over to the person's house. And then the mom was there, and she's kind of standing like that. And the kid was there, and I said to him, I just said, do you guys know where my office is? It's right downtown. Yeah, we do. Do you know it's open? You can come anytime. I guess so. I guess so. He never came. It's the same way with God. Jesus, Jesus will go after the 90th, you know, the 99 coins and one gets lost. He'll go after that coin in the sheep. But once he, once he finds the sheep, do you know how the words change? Here's how they change. If any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself, pick up his cross and follow me. We live in a church culture where the, we expect the pastor to come visit visiting. Why don't you come to the pastor and say, could you teach me? Whew. I'll tell you what, when people come like that, I'll give you three hours. But when you chase people and play hide and go seek, they're mad at you, don't go chase them. And then when you go into their cave, they bite you saying, where you been? <laughs> Do you want wisdom? Go after it. Anyhow, that's my soapbox. I'll get off of it. Any, so, so the heart the value scale of a wise person is a plus 10. That's as high as you can go. Five for each component, plus 10. That's a good character. How about the mind? How do they process the world? How do they take impulse? The, the, mind, the mind of a wise person, if you want to put one word on it, is they are teachable. A uh, wise person asks this question. Or you can ask this about a person. Are they open to other people's opinions? Are they open to other ideas? Are they open to new information? Will they respect the experience of the expert? Very important. Do you know why somebody's an expert? Because it's the root of experience. They're experienced. Do their parents have wisdom to glean from? Hmm. A teachable person will listen and they will say yes to all three of those. Look at Proverbs 13.1. Proverbs 13.1. A wise son, a wise son, hears his father's instruction. Mm-hmm. Father may know best. It used to be a TV show, Father Knows Best, but no, that's too silly. 
don't, that's an old, silly, black and white, 1950s show. No, father does know a thing or two. So does mom. Proverbs 9.9 says, when the wise person's taught, they learn and grow. Like they increase the knowledge. And then it says in 10.14, they store it. So not only do they listen, they store it. It's there. And then they grow in it. And you want to know the most unbelievable thing about a wise person is 15.32. Look at Proverbs 15.32. This is the clincher. This is how you can tell if you're wise. Proverbs 15.32. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself. But here's the key, the second part. He who listens to reproof gains intelligence. Do you know what reproof is? When somebody criticizes you, when somebody corrects you, or somebody rebukes you, you're wrong. A wise person will say, really? What, why? Tell me, teach me. Look at 17.10, two, chap, two uh, chapters over. 17.10. This is kind of funny. I think this is a funny verse. 17.10. Proverbs is funny sometimes if you picture it. A rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding. That means if you're rebuked, you're wrong. It says it goes deep. It cuts you. Then a hundred blows to a fool. So a fool, you can punch him a hundred times. If you do that again, I'm going to hit you. Bam! Oh! He does it again. Bam! A hundred times. Bam! But a, a wise person, don't do that. Ooh, okay, okay. Whew. So, the beauty of this is not only do they learn, but then they take advice. Proverbs 12, 15. And the idea of taking advice means that they do it. So instruction, advice is instruction that's heeded. The thoughts of the righteous are just. Wait, this is Proverbs 12, 15. The way of the fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. So advice, it's not information. It's doing what was asked or prompted. So so they take it, so that means they're capable. When you teach them, they're capable people. They start doing it. And they make decisions according to the information they've been given. It's the old power saw illustration. If, I'm, if i got a power saw and I'm teaching my son about the power saw, one of the things I'll tell him is when the blade's going, don't stick your hand by it. Not good. A wise son will say, ooh, yes, not good. So they'll pick up the power saw and they'll go, not good. A son that's a fool will say, I don't know if that's telling me the truth. He's right. That's foolish. Not good. The wise son will learn and live according to what they've been taught. Proverbs 22, 29 even puts it like this. is A wise son becomes so skillful that that skillful man will serve before kings. Wow. Wow. Proverbs 2, 22, 29 is great. Or, Justin, they will serve before ambassadors to Italy. Anyhow, let's continue. Their words are the weapons that they have. So how will a wise knight speak? Will he speak only in an English accent like that? No, it has nothing to do with their accent. It has what the substance of what they say. And in fact, words might be the most telling thing about you. Ten times out of ten times, your words betray you. Your clothes, your, how your outfit, they oftentimes will lie, but your words never will. 
you'll know a person by their words. Luke 4.45 says, what you, Jesus says what's stored in the heart comes out of the mouth. So, what comes out of the mouth of the wise? Number one word I can think of is propriety. They say what's appropriate. Their words match the situation. I'll show you what I mean. Look at 17, 27, and 28. Proverbs 17, 27, and 28. These are cool verses. To impo- uh, 20, 17, 27. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge. Restrain. That means they don't just blurt out, they wait. He who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. But what we'll see, verse 28, is really doesn't happen because the fool can't keep silent. That's the point. But a cool spirit is a person when I'm in an argument or when, when I disagree or when I argue or when I criticize the cool person, he doesn't get all hot. He listens and he keeps, he might be mad, but before he lets out a word, he weighs if it's right or not. He weighs it. Aren't you glad you don't blurt out the first thing that comes to your mind all the time? Aren't you glad? Some of you do. Some of you do in an app application that's called Twitter. Very bad. Some people I know do. Anyhow, influence, well, the propriety, I give that a five for the wise, but influence, how does the words of a wise person's words affect others? According to 1320, it's amazing. 1320 is so cool. It says, whoever talks with the wise becomes wise. In other words, or walks with the wise becomes wise. The wise person is able to make other people better. And and it's usually with his words, because 15.2 says, the tongue of the wise commends knowledge. The reason people become better, because the wise person out of his mouth comes wisdom and knowledge. And 2015, look at 2015. It's it's like a step one. If you hang out with the wise person, be wise. Why? Because their words come in knowledge. And in 20 verse 15... There is gold and abundance of costly stones, but the lips of knowledge are a precious jewel. When you're with some people, their words are like diamonds. Some people have just coal. Other people have greasy banana peels. Do you make people rich when you talk to them? Or wanting to run? What comes out of your mouth? So I give him 10 points for this. He's a 30-pointer. You can't get higher than this. A wise person. Here's some unique qualities about a wise person. Did you know the wise are kind to animals? Chapter 12, verse 10. And they relate well to parents. All through Proverbs, the wise person listens to his mom and dad. There is a caveat. I didn't find anywhere in Proverbs about anything about cats. So I don't know. Bertha Whitehead got mad at me about that. It's still up for jury. All right, so are you wise? And do you want to be wise? Next one, let's talk about the fool and the heart of the fool. Does the fool desire God? That's the question. What drives him? 129 gives us the answer. Proverbs 129 says they hated knowledge because they didn't choose to fear the Lord. So in other words, because this is all about the fool, The fool 
hates knowledge, doesn't want to learn because really they don't have any fear of God. So the fool doesn't choose God. And a reason is found in chapter 3, verse 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. The reason you fear the Lord and turn is because you're not wise. So the opposite is true. The reason they don't fear the Lord is because they think they're smart in their own eyes. They're, they're self-deluded. We'll learn that in a second. But the fool is wise in his own eyes. He thinks he's, he's the sole purveyor of good sense. It is not that he hates God, but rather he loves himself so much he will not listen to God because he thinks he's already okay. I'm fine. So instead of needing someone better, look at Proverbs 28, verse 26. This is interesting with regards to fear. 28, verse 26. It says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. Whoever trusts, that means puts their security, their dependency, whoever trusts in their own mind is a fool. In other words, the wise person realizes they, can't, they need somebody bigger than themselves. The fool thinks they're already arrived. I'm fine. I trust in my own brain. He doesn't hate God. He just loves himself more. So to give him a rating, I'd give him, so you could say desire for self. What's the second one up? Yeah, and he's... So he's content and lazy in learning. He's content. Look at uh, 132, Proverbs 132. It says, For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. Why are fools complacent? Because they think they've already arrived. Why do I need to learn more when I'm already smart? I have found... There are some fools that aren't belligerent towards God. They just don't listen. They have no sense. That's Proverbs 17, 16. They just are really in love with themselves. So this goes to the mind. It goes directly to the mind. So the love of self and the thinking they are all right is the prime reason they are senseless. The reason they don't learn is they don't think they need to learn. So are they teachable? Let's read some verses. You tell me if they're teachable. Proverbs 15.5. What does Solomon say about the fool's mind? Proverbs 15.5. A fool despises his father's instruction. I don't want to listen to dad or mom. What are you kidding? Smarter than them. <laughs> Proverbs 14.15. This is interesting. The simple believes everything. They, they have no critical capacity to analyze. They just, they're gullible. Oh, really? You mean if I take a paper clip and I stick it into an outlet, it'll be cool? Yeah, all right. They're stupid. That's what a fool is. They're, they're gullible. They are a marketer's dream. They believe every advertisement. You're right, I should have it my way. So I'm going to go out and get that. You're right, I need those cosmetics because I, I deserve it. I deserve They just are gullible. Proverbs 22.3 says, The prudent sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on. They, they just don't. You can't warn them 
And the reason why is because they are, they, they just want what they want without thinking. But here's the telling part, Proverbs 5.12. This is the telling part of a fool. Proverbs 5.12. And you say, and he's talking about the fool, and you say, how I hated discipline, and my heart despised reproof. They don't like to be corrected. They're obstinate. You're not telling me, I'm not going to do anything you tell me. They don't like to be corrected. So then the question is, because of that, are they, they, are, are they capable? Can they take in information? Since they're obstinate, nothing goes in. Since nothing goes in, they stay in their delusion. So you would be a fool to trust the fool. Not only that, but they are dangerous to themselves. Look at Proverbs 7, 7. Proverbs 7, 7. And I have seen among the simple, I have perceived among the youth, a man lacking sense. So this guy, he goes along and there's that girl calling to him, that seductress. And he's like, oh, okay. All right. So in other words, the fool, the fool is misled by their stomach their eyes, and their sexual organs. Here's a really interesting thing about the fool. Look at Proverbs 12, 11. This is, so are they capable? Are they, well, they're absent, untrustworthy, but look what Proverbs 12, 11 says about the fool. This is fascinating. It says, whoever works his land will have plenty of bread. So if you work hard, you have plenty of bread. But the but he who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. He who follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. That means he who spends most of his time doing things that have no profit. So you could apply that to all kinds of things. That you lack sense if you do things where you watch TV all day, 17 movies in a row, eating circus peanuts. Not smart. Playing video games 17 straight days in a row. You win the game, and then we got to play the game again. And when you play the game again, after you win the game, what do you win? What do you have to show for it? That's the question. The only hope to train a fool is 1710. There's only one hope for the fool, 1710. Oh, this is the same one I read earlier. This just makes me laugh. That's why I might bring it up again. A rebuke goes deeper in a man of understanding than a hundred blows to the fool. He needs to be hit. He needs, he needs parameters. He needs consequences. Or rewards. Consequ you know the wise man doesn't usually need rewards. He's self-motivated. The fool does. So, are you a fool? The words of a fool, does he have propriety? Does he know how to use his words? 13, 16 says he's he flaunts himself. In other words, he vents. He just lets it go. Whatever's on his mind, he says. So you could say his words, the first thing, go ahead and hit that, I have is there, his, his tongue is un, untamed. We'll get into that in a second. He, his tongue is untamed. How he feels, he just goes. Look at Proverbs 17.7. This is interesting. Proverbs 17, 7. Fine speech is not becoming to a fool. Like they don't really say wise things. They, they're, the, 
that's why Jerry Springer even has a show, because there's a lot of fools. Actually, Jerry Springer went off the air, I think, a long time ago, but more, you know, like Judge Judy and all, because fools just, they blurt it out. I once heard that fool's words are like this guy who went around town, he took his pillow, it was a feather pillow, cut the top and started throwing his feathers all around town. And then when he went to bed at night, he's like, oh man, I better go collect them. And once you throw out the feathers, you can't put them back in. Words of a fool are like feathers. So, how's his influence? How does he influence other people? What's his result on his relationships? Well, because he blurts stuff out, it's because he blurts stuff out mainly because he's offended easily. Look at Proverbs 12:16. Proverbs 12:16. The vexation, the vexation of a fool is known at once. So they get mad easy and then they ah, they get mad quick. But the prudent man ignores an insult. If you're the knight and somebody insults you, you're okay. You have armor. It bounces off. But the fool, how dare you? Like that. And then it says in 23, the fool loves quarreling. Quarrels. Quarrels. And then go to 29.11. And this isn't Jeremiah 29.11. This is Proverbs 29.11. A lot different verse. Proverbs 29.11. Look at this. A fool gives full vent to his spirit. I'm just venting, okay? Can't I just say how I feel? No, because you can't get the feathers back. You can't. It's the whole problem with our society. Oh, yeah? Yeah! Who says? I say. You ever have, hear a conversation like that? It drives you crazy. I'm better than you. You are? Yeah! Who said? You said, oh, yeah! So stupid. <laughs> if you watch The Office with Dwayne and uh, Andy, Andy and Dwight, it's hilarious. It's funny. Foolish. They are not dangerous. They're just obvious. They can't get the feathers back in. I give them a minus two. So they don't score well. Here's the unique qualities of a fool. They babble. 18 verse 2. 18, this goes along with their words, but this is their unique quality. When you're around them, they don't stop talking. Proverbs 18.2, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only expressing his own opinion. A fool's the guy that, man, I was with him for two hours. I think I said three things. Did you ever know anybody like that? So that's their unique quality is their tongue doesn't stop. And then look at 10.23 real quick. This is sad to me actually. This is what's really sad to me. Proverbs 10.23. And it's so quick and cutting, but just listen to what it says. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool. Did you hear what he did? <laughs> yeah, he stole money and he hit that guy, got in a fight. Wasn't that funny? No, it's stupid. A fool thinks stupid things are hilarious, crazy, or even wicked things are funny. All right, are you a fool? Do you want to be a fool? And if you want to be a fool, you may already be a fool. Let's go to the evil man. What is the heart of an evil man? Does the evil man desire God? The best way to describe the evil man 
is in 21.4 and 21.24. Actually, 12.2 says he schemes against God. He schemes for evil. And the reason why is 21.4 and 21.24. Haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked are sin. And then Proverbs 21.24. Scoffer is the name of the arrogant Haughty man who acts with arrogant pride. Haughty is used twice. Haughty is an interesting word. Haughty means this. I'm better than you. I'm better than all of you. I know more than you. I know more than all of you. And I know and I'm better than God. In fact, God's just... If you ever noticed in the Old Testament, New Testament, God's like this angry guy, kind of an adolescent. In the New Testament, he grew up a little bit. He's kinder. And so when you, when you ever hear anybody saying that, they are showing their haughtiness. They think they actually can judge God. That's haughty. What is that? You know what kind of haughty is? Haughty is when somebody says, I can't believe God would do that. It's haughty. It's haughty. Because you think you know better. So because of this, they have no self-motivation to seek God in his wisdom. In fact, look, 14.6, we won't go there, says the scoffer, tries to gain wisdom, but it eludes them. It's vain to them, meaning it doesn't sink. Wisdom is different than knowledge. In fact, a lot of evil people have knowledge, but it's not wisdom. And they use this motive, or this knowledge, and they're motivated by it because they're hungry. Look at 10.3. This is fascinating about the evil person. 10.3, the Lord does not let the righteous go hungry. I mean, he takes care, God is going to take care of the wise man. He's going to take care of him. But he thwarts the craving of the wicked, meaning he's always hungry. He never has enough. He's always fighting. He's always trying to win. He's always trying to get on top. He's always trampling. And he's a destroyer of others because he's always better. He's always better. They are black holes, and I give them a minus 10. That's as low as you can get. So that's negative power. The dark side is strong on the wicked. His mind, is he teachable? How could he be when he believes he's better and smarter and wiser than everybody? Is he teachable? What, are you kidding? I know more than you. Look at Proverbs 9, 7, and 8. And you'll see how it's right along with his behavior. 9, 7, and 8. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. You, you're wrong. Oh, who, who do you think you are telling me I'm wrong? You know, you don't even know what you're talking about. You're the idiot. You're the neophyte. You're the one who follows God because you are so needy. You know, all Christians, there are problem with Christians is they need God to help them. They're weak, wimpy. God can't teach me anything. So the evil person just is always right. So he's unteachable. Is he capable with his information? Here's the danger with him is he's extremely capable. Usually he's brilliant. A schemer is usually very smart in his scheming. 11.18 says he's good at earning dirty money. 
12.10 says he uses people and animal for his means. 17.23 says he uses bribes. He perverts just, justice. And in 29.12 it says he gathers around him like-minded evil people to crush a town. To overwhelm a town. It's interesting if you ever study Nazi Germany, Hitler's men were some of the most wicked people that ruled with them. Because in his wickedness, they didn't mind it. And they crushed Germany. They oppressed them. So you could say this about the mind of an evil person is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. And they get a minus 10 too. And then you got his words. The best way you can tell the difference between a fool and an evil person is how they use their words. They use them differently. Sometimes an evil person holds back his words. But when he uses his words, their intention is to hurt or to spoil or to twist. Look at 1032. 1032. The lips of the righteous know it is acceptable. That's propriety. This is the right word to say. But the mouth of the wicked, they know it's perverse. Yuck, what's twisted. Cuts. It damages. 12, 5, and 6. It's deceitful. It's meant to fool you. A lot of times he'll say something, you think what he's saying, he means, but he doesn't mean it. He's lying to you. Then 12, 26. Actually, that was 12, 5, and 6. And 12, 26 is... His words lead people astray, leads them into danger. Look at Proverbs 11, 11. By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. So they, their perversity destroys. So then, what influence do they have on others? Here's what's interesting. 29.2. They are... Dividers, they're divisive. Fools aren't necessarily divisive. Fools are just windbags. Evil people are calculating. They look for advantages to divide and conquer. 29.2, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice, but when the wicked rule, the people groan. They want to hurt. So the influence of the wicked is to conquer. 22.10, go back a couple chapters. 22.10. Drive out a scoffer and strife will go out. So scoffer is a wicked man and what he says to other people. You get rid of him and then there won't be any more strife. Do you ever have somebody that, man, for some reason, one person can spoil the whole atmosphere of this place. It's just one person. Like, one person in the office can destroy 20 different relationships. It's incredible. It's funny, I remember talking to this person. Everybody who they were with, they didn't like them. But the person would always blame the other person and say, have you ever thought about how come everybody thinks you're wrong? If more people think you're wrong and you think everybody else is wrong, who do you think is really wrong? Is it everybody or you? 2210 means your words are toxic. They're toxic. And quarreling and abuse will cease. Here's their unique characteristics. They don't care about the poor. It means they have no mercy. They don't care about animals. They like cats, and they thrive in anarchy. I'm just throwing that in there to see if you are listening to me. 
I'm kidding. Cats are cute. They're cute. They're cute. And they thrive in anarchy. 28.4, they love it when there's no law. They love it because they like to be the law themselves. I said this in the first service. I got a little bit of trouble. But with some, some churches that really push the, I heard from the Holy Spirit, a lot of times some evil people like those kind of churches because if I can convince you I heard from the Holy Spirit and I know that God told me something, I can one-up you. And I can take over. And that's why sometimes it's very dangerous when people say, I heard from God specifically. Because sometimes, can there be evil people in the church? Be a pastor a couple years and then answer the question. So, those are the three characters. Here's the real question. This is the question of life, how to play the game. Can you choose your character? Or are some people just born as a bad seed? Can you choose your character? Or are some people just born bad? The answer to both are yes. Everybody's born as a bad seed, theologically. Do you know you are born into this world with a heart that is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked? Who has foolish tendencies. That's why we needed Jesus Christ to come and save me and die so my old self can be crucified and I can have a new self, a new self that now is being conformed in the image of God who now has a bright mind and can see with light and can choose. That's why the gospel is so important because if you don't believe in Christ or never have, you don't have three characters to prove from, choose from. You really have Two, maybe one. The dark side. That's why people don't like the gospel. If you're evil and I just said that, you won't like what I just said. Oh, what's he talking about? So, would you? Uh, which one do you want to choose? I mean, in a way, the evil person has a lot of power. I mean, they really are. They're good. What they do. Fool. I mean, you'll you can go through life. Everything's a joke. But there are rewards to play in every game. There's real rewards. And let's just kind of quickly go through what Scripture says. There's personal rewards. There's rewards from others and an eternal. For the wise person, you get honor. You're honored. And things go well. And you increase. And it even says you gain wealth. Sustainability is the cool word. How about the fool? The issue with the fool is they still, because they are so in love with themselves, they stay deluded most of their life. That's the irony. And so a fool doesn't necessarily recognize he's foolish or he's losing. He believes himself to be doing really well. That's why a lot of people live in squalor. I mean, they'll just sit in there. Because it's easier to sit on a couch than it is to clean up a little bit. And then the evil person, he comes to ruin rather quickly. He has 15 minutes of his fame. What's fascinating about the evil person is he does seem to be doing well in the short term. But what a wise person sees long term. And if you track evil people's lives, they don't necessarily last that long. You know what's fascinating? And I, I just thought about this. Have you ever done a study on the life of John F. Kennedy and his kids? Have you ever read the life of John F. Kennedy? 
And I'm not making a political statement. I'm just saying, did you know John F. Kennedy was wicked? You probably don't, because he's seen in the short term. He's a great president. Have you ever studied his history? Have you ever studied the lives of his children? It's exactly what Proverbs 11, 21 and 12, 3 say. It's fascinating. From others, wise person gets honor and favor. Things go well. The fool from others, they're a disgrace. Like, people smell fools after a while. I don't want to have anything to do with them. Like, if your friends always leave you after a while, question it. Just question it. That's all I'm saying. Don't get down and say, people just don't like me. Ask the question, why don't they like me? It might be because you're the fool. I don't know. And uh, the evil person, here's what's the most dangerous thing, is they're easy to envy. Actually, 24... 19 says, don't envy him because we have a tendency to see, man, this guy's getting rich quick. He's, he's lying and getting away with it. He's evil and people kind of are scared of him. I want what the evil person has. And God says, don't envy him because of his ruin and you'll see the end. So what's the end and the honor for the security, eternal security for the good man? It says in 133, he'll have a home. He's got a home. God cares for him. The fool... I'm not sure, actually. Some fools will make it. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, they'll smell like they just escape flames. Some fools, they think they're in, but they're not. And the thing about a fool is they never know, and they're always wondering, but they won't even tell you. I'm not sure if I'm saved. I don't know. I don't know. The evil person doesn't care. He'll laugh at that. That's your destination. Ha, 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 good. No, no, no. It says that God has already condemned the evil person. There's condemnation waiting for him. Proverbs 33 and 10, 24 even says that God has designed them for the day of destruction. What? So, that is the game. How are you playing it right now? How are you playing it right now? Because you could say that on the bottom. If you can read this, you're playing the game. So the moment, the truth is, the moment you leave, you play a character. The moment you leave, you're going to be one of these players. Which one do you want to be? I mean, I can get all mad and say, you better repent. I, hey, hey, every game you get to choose. What do you want to be?